0: God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Keep, O Lord, your household, the church, in your steadfast faith and love, that through your grace we may proclaim your truth with boldness and minister your justice with compassion for the sake of our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated for the
1: A reading from Samuel. Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went up to his house in Gibeah of Saul. Samuel did not see Saul again until the day of his death, but Samuel grieved over Saul. And the Lord was sorry that he had made Saul king over Israel. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul? I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and set out. I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears of it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you, and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do, and you shall anoint for me the one I name to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded, and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, Do you come peaceably? He said, Peaceably, I come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked on Elab and said and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is now before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For though the Lord does not see as mortals see, they look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. He said, "'Neither has the Lord chosen this one.' Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, "'Neither has the Lord chosen this one.' Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, "'The Lord has not chosen any of these.' Samuel said to Jesse, "'Are all your sons here?' And he said, There remains yet the youngest, but he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. He sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. The Lord said, Rise and anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. and the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. Samuel then set out and went to Rama. "The word of the Lord." Be
0: to God. Please remain seated as we recite Psalm 20 printed in your bulletin. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. In the name of God, David, you. Send your help from his holy place.
2: And strengthen you of
0: Remember all your offerings.
2: And your
0: grant you your heart's desire.
2: And prosper all your parents.
0: We will shout for joy, your victory, and triumph in the name of our God.
2: May the Lord grant all your requests.
0: Now I know that the Lord gives victory to his anointed.
2: He will answer him out of his holy heaven. with
0: Some put their trust in chariots and some in horses.
2: But we will call upon the name of the Lord
0: our God. They collapse and fall down.
2: But we will rise and stand upright.
0: O Lord, give victory to the King. And the answer.
1: A reading from Corinthians. We are always confident, even though that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we do have confidence. And we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So, whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For all of us must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each may receive recompense for what has been done to the body, whether good or evil. For the love of Christ urges us on, because we are convinced that one has died for all, Therefore, all have died, and he died for us so that those who live might live no longer for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for them. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view, even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view. We know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. Everything has become new. The word of the Lord.
3: According to Mark, Jesus said, The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle, because the harvest has come. He also said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up And become the greatest of all the shrubs, and put forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. The Gospel of the Lord.
4: In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It may be just because it's Father's Day that the parables in today's gospel remind me of my father. He wasn't a farmer, and he wasn't even that much of a gardener. But it was my father who showed me how to plant seeds. I must have been about five or six years old when Dad took me to the hardware store one warm spring morning and showed me the seed packets of all the vegetables and flowers that we could grow. I was captivated by the brightly colored pictures of all the wonderful plants that we could have in our garden simply by buying some of those shiny little envelopes. Back home, we turned over the fragrant earth to make a long, narrow bed against the fence at the back of our property. It was pretty hard work. Dad's shovel kept hitting rocks when he was digging, and he had to use a big pickaxe to get them out. Well, I helped out as best as I could with a little spade. I was really looking forward to opening the packets that we had bought to see what the seeds looked like and then get them into the ground so that they could turn into the plants pictured on the front. But when the soil was turned over, my father said that we still had more work to do. The clods of earth had to be broken up with a hoe, and the clumps of grass and weeds shaken and pulled out. And then the whole garden had to be raked smooth. And after that, my father used the rake handle to press furrows into the soft earth. And when we had done all of this, we were at last ready to open the packets and start planting seeds was surprising to me to see how tiny most of the seeds were, and how hard it was to shake out only a few at a time into a furrow. I had to get my face right down next to the earth to see some of the seeds, and when we were done with our sowing, my father skewered each empty seed packet on a twig and placed it at the end of the rug. A Good watering with the hose, and everything was done. Everything except the waiting, the seemingly endless waiting for what we had planted to sprout. Every morning I would run out to look at the garden, to see if anything had come up in the night. And I can still remember the joy of seeing the row of tiny green leaves on the radishes that I had planted, poking up through the soil. And although I can't remember anything else about that first garden, I still recall my delight and wonder and pulling out the first plump red radishes of our crop. I didn't actually like
2: radishes,
4: (laughs) but I was very proud of the result of our labors, and I was awed by the miracle of what can happen right in your own backyard when you take the trouble to plant some seed. Amazing things happen with tiny seeds and they happen in places other than a garden. When I was rector of Trinity Church, Hartford, I received a letter one day from a man named Ken Batchelder. He was a retiree living in Florida. He introduced himself as having served as an acolyte at Trinity Church many years earlier. And he said that he had many happy memories of those boyhood years in the parish, especially the Boy Scout troop. Did we still have Boy Scouts at Trinity Church? Well, I wrote back to Mr. Bachelor and told him that scouting was alive and well in the parish and was sorely needed because our inner city neighborhood was very different from what he knew in his youth. I sent him a copy of the parish welcome brochure to give him some idea of Trinity Church nowadays. And a short while later, Mr. Batchelder sent back a reply. In it, he fondly reminisced about the scoutmaster of the troop back in the 1930s, a dentist named Doc Lane. Doc, he said, had taken a keen interest in all the boys in the troop, had always been available to lend a sympathetic ear when anyone was in trouble, and he'd helped a number of former scouts find jobs during the Depression, and had even convinced Ken Bachelor's sweetheart to say yes when Ken proposed. Ken told me that Doc's life had fallen apart in his later years through alcoholism. Nonetheless, Ken had always remembered his old scoutmaster with gratitude and affection, and he wanted other boys to benefit from the values of the scouting program. To my astonishment, Ken Batchelder enclosed a check for $100,000 to endow his support for the Boy Scouts at Trinity Church for generations to come. With what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable will we use for it? It's like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. And yet, when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs. Little did Doc Lane realize what would happen as a result of the good seed that he sowed in the lives of the boys in his scout troop. He was probably just doing his best to be fatherly to be kind and understanding to the scouts in his responsibility. He probably also found happiness and satisfaction from doing this. But he could hardly have anticipated the impact that he would have on a boy like Ken Batchelor and through Ken's generosity upon boys in Hartford 60 years later. It is, as Jesus tells us, there is a power in every godly action that is beyond all expectation, like the power packed in the tiniest of seeds. The seed once sown, even by imperfect people like Doc Lane, People like you and me, has a way of sprouting night and day, whether we are asleep or awake. My father introduced me to that great truth when we planted that garden many years ago. And it is a truth that all of us, especially Parents would do well to take to heart. God is able to do greater things for us and for those we love than we can ask for or imagine. Whatever we do with godly expectation, godly intention, God can use to bring about Good results that exceed our every expectation. The love we give to our children, our attempts to teach them whatsoever things are true and lovely, none of this is ever done in vain. The care that we give to the young people of St. John's Parish the care that we give to the young people of Hartford through our support of Grace Academy and Covenant Prep, the support we give to students of Saint Sauveur School in Haiti, the vegetables that we're growing in our community garden to give to our neighbors. None of this effort will ever be lost. It is good seed that in God's good time will sprout and grow and produce a harvest beyond our knowing. Little did my father realize what would happen with the good seed that he sowed in my life. I'm sure that there were times, particularly during my adolescent years, when Dad must have felt pretty frustrated and disappointed with me. I sometimes seemed to reject much of what he tried to give me. Yet I don't think that anything my father taught me that was godly was ultimately unproductive. The good seed had power to withstand my rejection and to wait within me for the right season to sprout and grow. As I think back to my gardening experience with my father long ago, I am struck by the fact that sowing good seed requires a lot of careful and often hard work on the part of the sower. Seed, even the tiniest seed, may sprout and grow. We know not how, but it certainly will have an easier time of it if we work at breaking up the hard soil to make it ready to receive the seed. Also, the seedling will more readily take root and flourish if we provide the water and the other nourishment the young plant needs. God's word, the scriptures promise us, is never spoken in vain. However, people are more likely to hear and believe God's word if their hearts are first softened by our kindness, patience, Faithfulness. Our children will be more likely to welcome the good news of God's love for us in Christ if first they have experienced a measure of that love from us. A favorite Thanksgiving hymn begins, We plow the fields and scatter the good seed on the land but it is fed and watered by God's almighty hand. Often there is little that seems to result from our labors, just barrenness or a whole lot of weeds. And it is then that we need to hear Jesus urging us to take courage and leave the outcome of our work up to God. I love the movie, Oh God. Remember that? Some do. It's a humorous but profound contemporary treatment of the biblical story of God's dealings with the creation. In the movie, there's a scene where God's advisors throw up their hands in despair over the terrible things happening in the world. And they urge God to give up on the whole project. And God, played by the inimitable George Burns, responds, Oh, I don't think so. You never know. A seed here, a seed there. Something will catch and grow. The gospel, according to George Burns, is right on the mark, says Jesus. The kingdom of God is like seed, packed full of amazing power, waiting to sprout, waiting to grow. So prepare the garden of your life. Sow God's good seed there and then trust that God will do the rest.
0: Please stand as we affirm our faith by reciting the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the
2: Father, the Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, of all.
1: Gracious God, we raise our hearts and voices to give you thanks and to pray for the needs of the world around us. For the nations of the world and their leaders, for Donald, our president, and Nikki, our ambassador to the United Nations, and for all who are entrusted with making peace on Earth, Lord, in your mercy, For the sick and the weak, including those on our prayer list Jim, Kim, Carol, Janet, Susan, Cheryl, Andrew, Dorothy, Susan, Kate, Chaz, Meg, Lena. Edward, Kenny, Kent, those in nursing homes and and assisted living communities, and those who minister to them. Lord, in your mercy. For the powerless and vulnerable, especially those who are enslaved children separated from their parents, and the people of Yemen, Syria, and other places overwhelmed by chaos, violence, and need. Lord, in your mercy. Shield them from harm, and restore them to
2: safety.
1: For anniversaries and graduations, weddings and birthdays, for summer travel, and times of renewal and restoration. Lord, in your mercy, open our eyes to see your blessings. For those who have offered their prayers, gifts, and labor at St. John's throughout the years, for our vestry, staff, and clergy, for church school teachers and committee members teachers and musicians knitters and gardeners and all who serve this community now lord in your mercy Give us hearts. for our fathers and those who have served as fathers to us lord in your mercy Amen. for those who have died, especially Laura Johnson, whose ashes will be interred in our memorial garden this evening, and Habib Abdo, and for all who mourn. Lord, in your mercy, them into
0: your hands. Those things, O oh God, that we have prayed for, give us grace to work for and fulfill our hopes. For Jesus' sake, amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we, we confess, confess that we have sinned against
2: you, in thought, word and deed, by what we have done, and by, what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you.
0: Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. Please stand. May the peace of the Lord be always with you.
2: And also with you.
0: Good morning, morning. please be seated, welcome to St. John's, what a glorious day, and uh, we are so thankful for each and every one of you who have chosen to be here with us on this special day, and uh, congratulations to all fathers and those who act as fathers. Uh, It is indeed a privilege to be a father, Uh, and it's also very challenging as we know. All the more reasons that we are so thankful that we have this community of St. John's, uh, as a place that we can become that fertile soil hopefully and and where God plants the seeds in our hearts and in our lives we are still looking for volunteers if you'd like to help with the community garden I'm going to be working there myself this afternoon it's glorious to see all this good work and we're so thankful for everyone who has already rolled up their sleeves to be part of this We began also in our cloister garden this afternoon with our five o'clock Service, so please uh, remind people that there is an opportunity to still come to church on Sunday evening. Something that is going on and creating hopefully fertile soil here, right in St. John's, is our program Education for Ministry. We call it EFM. It's been going on for decades, but we first started it this past fall here. It's a four year course serious Bible study, theology. Uh, a little bit of philosophy and church history. But the beauty of all of that is the community that's formed. This is a group of seekers that come together, and for four years they form this very close uh, relationship as they quest together the meaning of God in their lives. So right now I'm going to ask John Nowacki to come up, who is a member of EFM, and just say a few words about it, of what it's been for him.
5: Good morning. When I first was asked if I'd be interested in the education for ministry, it just went off like a bell in my heart because I was at a place in my life where I've been looking for a way to deepen myself. I, feel, I felt for some time that I wanted to go deeper into scripture, into what it means to be a Christian as a follower, and it just seemed exactly right. Four years, though, seems like a long time to devote to a program, but I've got to say, after the first year, which has flown by, the relationship that we've developed, the seven of us together, is something that just I could never have imagined. And, you know, we see faces every Sunday morning and we see each other at other times during the week, but this has just been a deepening and a richness that I never expected. If you at all are thinking about deepening yourself, I would encourage you to do this because it is exciting, not just to read, but to then to share together what we're getting out of the readings each week, out of our lives on a weekly basis, and forming that relationship, that deepening, and it really is incredible. Thank you for letting me share that.
0: We do have slots for five more people, we can take a, a maximum of 12 before I need to start another group. So I ask you to think about it, reflect, and pray about it, If this is something uh, for you at this time in your life. Also, you'll notice, notice in the back of the bulletin, an update on our community garden, that will be there every week. And also something new, uh, by virtue of Wes Winterbottom and Beth Rocco, uh, the prayer tree that we have in the corner. This is another way of reaching out to the community and you simply get a piece of cloth. It's in a box at the base of the tree. You tie it on loosely to a branch and you say a tree. There's several already that passers have come and done this. So it's a way for us to open our doors and our hearts to the community as people are so thirsty to know God in their lives. We also have Healing Minister available at the Font during Communion. So please feel free to come forward, light a candle, and ask for a blessing or a prayer For you or for someone else. Wherever you are on this spiritual journey, what other challenges you are dealing with, and we all have them, you are most welcome to come forward to take the body and blood of Christ, to hold us and sustain us. So walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us in offering and sacrifice to God. Thanks to the Lord our God. It
2: is right to give God thanks and praise.
0: It is right and a good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, for you are the source of light and life. You made us in your image and called us to new life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, A perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ is died Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them also by, and may, also may we faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, our Father, our Father, who art in heaven, Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have served us in the, earth, in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Life is short. And we do not have too much time to gladden the hearts of those who travel with us. So be swift to love and make haste to be kind. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you
2: always.